Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Awards Show. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Tonight, broadcasting from Los Angeles, California, it's the first annual, maybe, awards show episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. And now, your hosts, Mark and Hal. All of the awards shows tonight share one thing in common. I'm supposed, to read, I'm, to, I'm supposed oh. to read that. I'm supposed to read that. Sorry. All of the award shows tonight have one thing in common. They're, no, that's you. They're both. Oh, you know what? Forget all, it. Forget they're it. They're all televised award shows that we will choose the best from. We're not going to win any awards for this opening. It is funny how award shows give each other award shows, uh, awards. Like there's an Emmy that the Oscars gets. That's true. Yeah, the Oscars has won an Emmy, but the yeah. Emmys can never win an Oscar unless they make Emmy the movie. No, I don't want to see that. No, I don't um, want to see Emmys the telecast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, people of the world. Today we are talking about award shows. It's award season, Hal. It sure is. Are we going to drop this before the Oscars or after? Who knows? Probably yeah, who after. Knows. Probably after. <laughs> Considering they're on Sunday. That's true. <laughs> oh, did I tell you what I'm doing tomorrow? Are you going to the Oscars? I am early. I'm going to the Oscars early on Friday. Our dear friend, Fred Cross. Yes. Who you might remember with his wife, Annie and daughter, Millie from the pancakes or waffles episode. Sure. He's been working for the Academy Awards for the last several years and invited yeah. Annie and Millie and I are going to go and walk around on the red carpet and take a little tour of it tomorrow. Very cool. I would love to go. Great. Come on down. <laughs> Not my call, Hal. Not my call. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, Fred. You're banned. You're banned for life. No, don't ban Fred. Fine. It actually, my, it, it'll be fun. Because my very first post ever on Instagram yeah. was walking around on Hollywood Boulevard as they were setting up for the Oscars, which I always love to do every year. The week before they set up the, before the week before the Oscars, they've always yeah. got Hollywood Boulevard looks insane. Yeah. Giant Oscar statues and the red carpet and the lights and the canopy and the, the wells where all the different journalists stay. Like it's mm -hmm. very cool and a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm excited to go do that. So this will definitely be dropping after the Academy Awards culminate our award show season. That's right. So it's probably a, a good thing for us to. Talk about the best award show. And we've limited this. There are a lot of great award shows out there. Yeah. I'm sure the Cable Ace Awards are wonderful. They're, they're giving they're the Mark Twain Prize. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. You got the Source Awards. You've yeah. got the People's Choice Awards. Sure. You've you got, got the, the Blockbuster Annie's. Awards. There's a lot of them. Yeah. The MTV but Video Music Awards. Video Music Awards are always a good time. Yeah. But uh, MTV Movie Awards, also a really fun show. Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. Okay. But we're not going to talk about any of those because we are limiting this wow. to the four awards that will get you an EGOT. That is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. That's right. Who, who, there's a lot. How many EGOTs are there? Do we know? Uh, I couldn't tell you the number. I could tell you who some of them are. Okay. Ready, go. Uh, um, <laughs> do you, do you, I, I already, I have John, it now. Do John Legend. To, 
<laughs> John Legend uh, is one. Richard Rogers. John Legend is one. Marvin uh, Hamlish. Rogers is one. Yes, Marvin Hamlish is one. Mel Brooks? A lot of musicians on here. Uh, no Mel Brooks. You want the list? No, Mel, Mel Brooks has them. Oh, Mel Brooks does have it. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn has it. Wait, are Rita you just Marino. reading? Are you just reading off a list now? No, Helen Hayes. <laughs> you are too. I know Whoopi is one because they made a big deal about it on 30 Rock. Yes. When Tracy was going for his EGOT, he speaks uh, to Whoopi. Both Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Yep. Robert uh, Lopez. Producer Scott Rudin. Uh-huh. Bobby Lopez has one. All right, Bobby Lopez. Yes. Now we're not kind I mean, we're not counting people like Barbara Streisand and James Earl Jones, but they got non-competitive awards. Right. Are you really not reading this? You just know all of these? Yeah. Shut sure. up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't read anything. Uh, yeah. So there have been 15 winners of the EGOT. I guess it yeah. makes sense that there's a lot of musicians on there because all four of these, like an album doesn't need a play, but a play needs music. That's right. You know what well, I mean? A musical needs music. A musical needs music. A play waiting- arguably needs music too. <laughs> yeah. I love the soundtrack to Waiting for Godot. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just that. Dun, 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 dun. It's just the syncopated clock over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Rogers, the first person to win the EGOT. Actually, Richard Rogers, uh, has a PGOT, which is an EGOT and a Pulitzer. And you pee. Yeah. So let's talk about these. Uh, what do you want to start with? Well, I want to start with criteria. What are we determining out of these? Is it, because we're talking about the telecast. Are we going to talk about, because the prestige of the award, mm-hmm. you can't measure it. Because yeah. to win a, an Emmy or a Golden Globe, like they all mean different things, right? Yes. And I would, I would say that we should be evaluating the broadcast because that's the question is the award show and that's okay. what we see is the show and also we can limit the emmys to i think the primetime emmy awards right as opposed to the daytime emmy awards which you know maybe that's a criteria that the emmys have going for it there's two of them you know uh there's a I lot was... more than two but there's two high profile nationally broadcast ones i don't know if i'm ready yet to say that the emmys are the best awards i'm still a little hurt Oh, sure. I was so close. I mean, I don't know how close I was at all. But the worst part was that my category didn't appear on the website, so I couldn't see my name on the Emmys website. Ah. Uh, was it on there? I was, yeah, I was up for Venture Brothers, but it, but it That's didn't right, appear on the website whale. because you can't, uh, you, the way that category works, voice acting is they get a panel together of volunteers in a room, play all like 178 submissions, and then, then they have like a heads down, hands up vote or whatever. And that determines the ballot. What is it that you have on your, uh, on your uh, Twitter handle? Emmy considered actor. Emmy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Emmy considered. It's like when a commercial says, uh, this product has been clinically tested and you're like, hang on a second. Uh, yeah. Um, clinically tested does not mean clinically approved. That's right. <laughs> I don't mean to, I'm not, I don't, look, I've never been Emmy considered, so I don't mean to bash your, no, uh, your not at all. Consideration. <laughs> Listen, I, that's the, it's the best I've got at this point until I actually make a final ballot for something. <laughs> I like the Emmys because Drunk History has won several of them. That's right. It's a, yeah. what do they have, like 900 Emmys? They get nominated for and win frequently in the tech categories. Costumes is one. I think like production design, like, uh, which makes sense for Drunk History because it's such a specific looking show. You know what I mean? Does Derek have any Emmy statues at his house? Not that I've seen. 
Yeah. And the show's up every year. It gets nominated every year, but it's always yeah. nominated against some pretty heavy hitters like Daily Show. Uh, the, no, that's a different category. That's, uh, best, uh, variety talk show. I'm not certain oh, okay. how they divide it up. SNL. Um, uh, yeah. SNL Portlandia yeah. was up there against Broad City. Broad City. Yeah. It's, it's against a lot of really good comedy shows. Sure. But yeah, it's, it's, the Emmys are always fun because we have so, for you and I, because we have so many friends who work in television. That's right. That it's nice to see friends get nominated and sometimes win, which is is a lot of fun. A record number, I think, of work juice players were up for consideration this past year, which is pretty great. I don't think any of us made it. That's all right. But we were out there. Yeah. Considered Emmy considered the Emmy considered work juice players. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, I live actually right down the street from, uh, the television academy and there is a giant just up the street from me. There is a giant Emmy statue in a courtyard. And have I ever told you about this place or have we been up there together? No, this is either. Uh, this is my favorite place in Los Angeles. Okay. It is. Where for several years I have in good times and bad gone to think I've gone with a notebook and or a laptop and just sat out there and written. It's a lovely, beautiful courtyard. There's no gates or anything. Uh, so you can go at any time and it is filled with bronze statues of all of the Emmy winners of the past. Not all, but many of the great iconic Emmy legends of the past. So any epic legendary television person you can imagine. There is a statue of them there. Sid uh, Caesar. Of course. There's a great Sid Caesar statue. They go way back all the way to Philo Farnsworth, who invented television. Yeah. Uh, they have David Sarnoff and Philo Farnsworth, the two co-inventors, you know, combatants in the war to create television. Starting there and going all the way up to current people now. What's his name? Uh, Chuck Lorre was one yeah. of the recent inductees. Oh, wow. So there's a statue of Chuck Lorre there. There's a Candace statue Bergen. of... I don't know if... There, I'm sure there's... At least a plaque. Julie Louis Dreyfus. This guy, <laughs> right? Said. She's won like 900 Emmys. Uh, I don't know that there's a Julia Louis Dreyfus up there yet. Wow. Uh, I'll tell you one that they, I bet you can guess the one that they took out of there not long ago. What's that? I'll, I'll give you a clue. It was probably difficult to sculpt his crazy sweaters. Okay. Yeah. yeah we're that not going to, I'm not going to get the name gone. oxygen. Yeah. yeah gone. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's a wonderful place. Um, I just, I, I just love that courtyard. So the Emmys have a special place in my heart. Yeah. When's the last time you felt like you had to tune in to watch them though? Yeah. I guess I don't, I guess I don't really, it's not appointment television the way that the Oscars and the Tonys are for me. They feel the most and they look all award shows. I get it are a popularity contest and mm-hmm. promotional, but the Emmys in particular. You know that that the host is going to be that is whoever the most popular talk show host is on the network that is hosting it that right. that is broadcasting it. Well, so it's either going to be James Corden, Jimmy Kimmel, or uh, Jimmy um, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, or Jimmy Eat World. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> it's going to yeah. It's going to be like Fallon. It's going to be Kimmel. It's going to be. It's going to be court. Well, it's, it's a celebration of television that's broadcast on television. So it's the one that is the most obviously a snake eating its own tail. Sure. But it's, it's still a fun show. The thing about it that feels odd to me is that there's no built in spectacle. You know what I mean? 
the Oscars always have, uh, there are certain tentpole moments in the Oscars. The five songs that are nominated all yes. get a musical performance. Yes. Uh, the In Memoriam is frequently a beautiful musical performance. They'll frequently or sometimes play, you know, a medley of, I think all of the, all of these are music related. We'll play a medley of all the scores that are happening. They'll do clip packages of each of the big shows, uh, or each of the big movies for that year. Uh, the Tonys have performances. Uh, the Grammys have performances. The Emmys, they don't really have anything like that. You right. know what I mean? Right. Within right, right. the show. So I think that is a, that's a downside for that as a show. Is the Emmys done in a bar setting though? Or is it done in a proper theater? I think it's done in a proper theater. I know the, or cabaret setting. You know, the Golden Globes, they always have booze, which is why. It's at the, yeah, it's at well, the Beverly Hilton, yeah. isn't it? The Golden Globes are super fun because everybody is drunk. That's kind of sure. the general consensus is. But you also get to eat there, don't you? At the Emmys? Yeah, the Oscars or, or Golden Globes, rather. You get to eat. Or Golden Globes, yeah. I don't know. I just know the that Oscars, they have nobody tables. eats all day. And right. And they, they're all, everybody's starving. Then they get alcohol and they all get hammered. Like, well, for the, per- after. for the, the nominees and the actual broadcast itself, the Oscars seems to be the least fun to go to. You know what I mean? Right. Because it just, it just it feels is so long. It, it's so long. It's all publicists and agents and people in suits and headsets running around and everybody has to be in exactly the right spot at exactly the right moment. It just seems a little over the top. The Emmys just feel a little more relaxed to me. I, I here's what I'll say. The only Emmy moment I remember mm-hmm. ever is the opening in like 2011. When mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon was hosting, I don't even, and I don't even know if I have the year right, where, uh, where they did a Glee parody, mm-hmm. where the kids from Glee who are nominated can't get into the Emmys because they can't afford their tickets. And then they <laughs> see a flyer that says Glee Club competition. And he recruits different celebrity. He recruits Tina Fey and John Hamm and Jorge, our friend Jorge Garcia, all come together and they sing Born to Run. And that's the number they do. Jane Lynch is there. Like they do a whole, uh, a whole musical number that's really cool and a good high energy opening. It's the yeah. only thing I can remember from, from well, the Emmys. That's what you remember from award shows are the musical numbers. Most often for me, it is anyway. Sh- sure. But that, but that was like a big, at least it was a big showstopper, like a film thing, like Billy Idol. Uh, or Billy, not Billy, good lord, Billy Idol, Billy Crystal. Yeah. You remember when Billy Idol hosted the Emmys? Or hosted right. the Oscars. <laughs> Who's the signature host of the Emmys? Um, yeah, I guess Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. What That's did they the have? Golden Globes. Oh, that was the Golden Globes. Yeah. The Emmys, it just, you know, it's funny for the one being about television on television. It seems like it's got, it's the least memorable broadcast. Yeah. I mean, that, that said, we both work in television. So sure. it's the one that's going to be, you know, followed closely and, you know, angled for. I would love to win one, but from a presentation standpoint, I don't think it's going to be our winner. Right. And I don't even think it would be a final two because we're looking for, I think we're looking for a final two out of these four. I think so. All right. So let's move on from the Emmy Awards. What do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about the Golden Globes. Well, we're not talking about the Globes or do you want to talk about the Globes? They're not part of the EGOT. Yes, they are. Oh, they're not part of the EGOT. No. What did you think it was? Emmy Golden Globes Oscar Tony? I forgot. I mean, it seems weird not to talk about the Golden Globes. 
Okay, let's talk I, about. You know, what, let's wanna, add the let's add the Golden Globes into we'll the, add the Golden Globes, well, and I think we can eliminate it. But here, here's what's great about it mm-hmm. is it's very quick. They get to the awards very quickly. I think Ricky Gervais is an interesting host, as are Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I thought mm-hmm. were uh, eons better. Yeah, but Ricky it, Gervais does a thing that kind of drives me crazy. Where he tells us over and over that he doesn't care. Yes, so it yes, just yes. makes it so obvious that he does care. Yeah. Uh, but his, I his, don't fa- care. his facade of, I don't care. I'm it just going to say matter. it. It doesn't matter. Though this year when he did a bunch of Epstein jokes and got groans and ended with, I know, I know he's your friend. That I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. That's when there, you go, Oh, he yeah. really doesn't care. Yeah. Gervais does say a few things that are like, yo. So that is fun. I will give him that. It's a little obnoxious the way that he keeps telling us that he doesn't care, but man, he comes up with some gold in there. I agree with that. I agree um, with that. It it always comes in in time, mm-hmm. but there is something to that. I think the sacrifice, the the glitz comes from how many celebrities there are, and you get to see them all sitting right. with one another because and it's television and film. Yeah, it's like everybody, the entirety of Hollywood gets together for one night to to receive these awards, right. television and film. And they do get really drunk. But it also, it, the room feels small because it yeah. is a smaller room relative to how everything else is made to feel. Mm-hmm. And even the set is small, like it's a small stage, mm-hmm. doesn't have the same, it is the beginning of awards season. Right. But it doesn't have the, that sense of scale that the other ones do. So I think right. we can eliminate it. It just would feel weird not to discuss it. I want to go back just a little bit do it, uh, go to back. anything because I know we're talking about the Golden Globes, but you right. made me think of something that I wanted to mention is the history of all of them and the, the timing of how these all happened. Do you know okay. when the first Golden Globes occurred? 1944? 1944? Uh, are, are you guessing or is that correct? Uh, I'm correct. Okay. Uh, so yeah, 1944, the Emmy started in 1949, I believe was the first Emmy Awards. Yeah, of course. The, uh, the Grammys started in the 60s, I think. Okay. And then the Oscars are 1927. And the Oscars were 1920. Uh, yeah. And the Tony Awards also, uh, were 1946, uh, or for 1947, sorry. Okay. Was, uh, was the Tony. Really like the goal, uh, the first golden age of Broadway. Right. So it started with, you know, you had the Oscars starting in 28, uh, then, you know, the others came in the 40s and then the Grammys came a lot later. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Also that the Emmy Award, uh, do you know what it's named for? Emmy Lou Harris. <laughs> no, it is named for, it's the nickname for some image something tube inside a camera. So, sure. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew that. I, Definitely did. That was just yeah. a joke. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Of course, you think I wouldn't know what the, please, yeah. I may be considered. I have yeah. to know what it means. You have to know what it means. Yeah. You, how, how could you be considered for an Emmy if you don't even know what it means? <laughs> I know. I, right? That would be the dumbest thing ever. That would almost assure that I never made a ballot. <laughs> okay. Thank you for indulging me that brief moment of history. Let's get back to the Golden Globes. Okay. And um, eliminate them. And eliminate them. Goodbye, Golden Globes. Let's move on to the real G that I definitely know is the Grammys. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I love about the Grammy Awards. Tell me. And I think this is something that the Grammys have going for it and also the Tonys have going for it. Oscars are about movies. Yes. People make movies in, you know, in, uh, in the, in the bubble within which they make them. Uh, and then they are presented on a screen to an audience. Television is made in the bubble in which it is created and then is presented on a screen to an audience. Um, the Grammy Awards celebrate music 
The Tony Awards celebrate theater, and everyone involved is used to putting on a live show. So I think as shows go, the Grammys are in a stadium and totally populated with performers who are comfortable working in a stadium. The Tonys are put on in a theater uh, by people who are comfortable working in a theater. Yeah. Everyone looks a little stilted at the Oscars because they're not quite in their element. The Grammys and the Tonys feel like shows that are within their element. And one thing I love about the Grammys is that it is a giant stadium concert. And you want to talk about huge moments. Every Grammys has some huge moment in it. Right. Uh, one or more. And it's, they're just full of huge moments. Um, some of the best pop and rock performances and mashups and collaborations that I've seen have happened, uh, at the Grammy Awards. Right. So that as a show, I think is a huge thing it has going for it. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, like this year you had Lizzo. And you Lizzo had Lil, crushed the opening. Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus and yeah. BTS performing together. Yeah. Performing Lil Nas X in his amazing, amazing uh, cowboy uh, tuxedo getup. Yep. Demi Lovato's comeback. There was a tribute yeah. to Nipsey Hussle. There's the Kobe Bryant tribute. Uh, I mean, yeah, look, there, there's a lot to it. As a broadcast, does it feel like it's super long? I mean, they're all long. But there are so many different categories. Maybe this is maybe this is a plus that whatever style of music you're a fan of, mm-hmm. you will get to see at some point. Yeah, you'll see represented. But that also makes it fractured. So there may be other awards, even just categories that you that are from genres you don't even yeah really recognize. Or there are 83 Grammy awards right given out every year. Started at 26, got up to 100 at one point. And now they've settled on around 83. How many Oscars are given out? That I do not know, but we can check that, I'm sure. Hold on a second. Hey, Google, how many Academy Award categories are there? 24. The award categories for 92nd Academy Awards are Academy Awards for Best Picture, Academy Awards for... Okay, Google, stop. We don't need to hear all of them. There are 24. Okay, Google, please keep reading them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's just going into my headphones, Hal. Oh. Uh, So there are 24. Why do I not use that little contraption all the time on this show? I'm constantly just looking stuff up and trying to listen in the background. I, I should just ask her more. She should be our third host. Definitely too many awards, though. Yeah. 83 awards is too many. 83 awards is a lot. Um, but it many. also it also helps actors get their EGOTs because a lot of times actors will win for either reading aloud their memoir in audiobook form. Right. Or for act for uh, comedy actors, it'll be a comedy album they put out. Uh, so that is... The Grammy is – I'm glad there are a lot of categories for the sake of actors who are trying to get EGOT. Yeah, Hillary Clinton has a Grammy yeah. for It Takes a Village. Yeah. There are a lot more categories than you think. It does feel long, and sometimes I get confused about record of the year, song of the year, and album of the year. Right. I know. When, I mean, I know what the album is, but the record and the song, I think one is for the writer and one is for the producer. Is that how it works? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. One is for the recording itself and one is for the actual written song. Right. It's a lot. It's too much. It's hard to follow. You can't have like a Grammy pool. Yeah. You would have a very large Grammy pool. Exactly. But I'd want to swim in that pool because boy, are the people at the Grammys stylish. Probably the coolest group of awards recipients. And the, yeah. And I think the clothes are the most fun at the Grammys. Yeah. Like people will wear, cause they're in a stadium. They're not, they're not expected to be in this, you know, it's not as formal a setting. 
You know, you don't feel like you have to be you feel like you have to be in a tuxedo if you're in the Kodak theater in a red velvet seat. You don't necessarily have to be in a tuxedo if you're in a stadium with lasers and smoke and, you know, a giant rock show happening on stage. True. Yeah, I think the pluses on the Grammys are the performances and the fashion and the glitz and spectacle of it. But I think, yeah, the downside is there's just so much and it can get confusing. And also they don't give out all of the awards on the broadcast. Right. Well, that's everything. That's, that's technical everybody, awards guess, aren't given yeah. out at the Oscars. So, yeah. but you, the question is, if you're putting together a show, what do you keep it to? Right. It's just a lot. It's yeah. just a lot. You know, the Grammys just feel like it's all over the place. Like you watch it for the performances. Mm-hmm. I don't care as much who wins the awards. And I think that's part of it for me is I'm happy to see incredibly talented people perform and it's filled with great moments, but ultimately I'm not inv- really invested in who's going to win the award. And I think that that's why I wouldn't pick this even as a, as a finalist. Okay. I think that gives us our two finalists. Well, let's talk about, uh, well, we've, <laughs> because the first two we've talked about, we just eliminated. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be between the Oscars and the Tonys, but before we even discuss them and, and determine that, let's take a break. Sounds good. We'll be right back with more of the award show episode right after these words from our sponsors. Actually, not our sponsors, from our brother and sister podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network, which are all amazing. Please listen. Hey, everyone. Mujan Zulfagari here with the cast of Mission to Zix. Our fourth season premieres on February 19th. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, we decided to ask one of our characters to give you a quick recap of what's happened so far. So say hi, C-53. Hello. How may I be of service? C, could you tell us what's happening in the Zix quadrant leading up to season four? Certainly. The evil Nerd Bundle, not to be confused with the non-evil Nerd Bundle of no relation, murdered his fellow counselors and crowned himself Emperor of the Galaxy. With the help of myself and the rest of the crew, the Barbarian Jade, Zeman I Plectex that are not the Emperor and an ancient cosmic entity known as Bina into a chasm aboard the gigantic Planet Crusher Crusher, a machine built to crush planet crushers, which in turn were designed to crush planets. The resulting implosion created a vast celestial object with unknown powers. We are currently in search of our former rebel commander, Sisu Gundu, who may yet reunite our fractured galaxy. Is that sufficient? Yeah, all clear to me. Mission to Zix, Season 4, debuts on February 19th on Maximum Fun. Hey, I'm Jared Hill, co-host of the brand new Maximum Fun podcast, Fan Time. And I'm Travel Anderson. I'm the other more fabulous co-host. And the reason you really should be tuning in. I feel the nausea rising. To be Fan Time is to be a big fan of something, but also have some challenging or anti-feelings toward it. Kind of like Kanye. We're all fans of Kanye. He's a musical genius, but like, you know. He thinks slavery is a choice. Or like the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, I love the drama, but do I want to see black women fighting each other on screen? Ew, to the nah, to the nah, nah, nah. We're tackling all of those complex and complicated conversations about the people, places, and things that we love. Even though they may not love us back. Fan time. Maximum fun. Podcast. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Tonys. By the way, I think that that just reminded me. Did you see the Emmys this year when Thomas Lennon was the announcer as people walked up to the stage? No. Oh man, it was fantastic. Yeah, he just, they didn't have a host, so there wasn't really any comedy. So to spice the Emmys up, they just had Thomas Lennon snarking as people walked up to the stage. And I remember my favorite thing that he said was they were throwing to a commercial and he goes, you're watching the Emmys, but it's on Fox. So, meh. 
was what he said as he threw the commercial. And I just, I just thought he did a wonderful job. Anyway, now let's move on and talk about what we think are the real two contenders here. And that is the Academy Awards and the Tony Awards. You know what? Let's talk about the Oscars. They're coming up. I'm going to go walk the carpet tomorrow. Let's talk about the Oscars. How's that? Sure. The oldest, the granddaddy of the awards started in 1928. Countless iconic moments in the broadcast. Can, can you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, here's another distinctive one. Mm-hmm. Name, I want you to name for me, Mark. Okay. Six people who've hosted the Oscars. Go. Uh, Bob Hope, Billy uh-huh. Crystal. Yep. Chris Rock. Yes. John Stewart. Yes. Uh, I feel like there's a huge one I'm missing. There is. Who's the huge one I'm missing? How about Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres, yes. She did it a few times, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg with her many costume changes. That's right. Uh, and then there was the crazy year that Anne Hathaway and, uh, James, James Franco. Franco hosted. Yeah. So you remember all of that. Now it's been, it's been hostless. This is the second year it's going to be hostless. Of course, yeah. Kevin Hart was canceled as the host. He was supposed yeah. to be the host and then was not the host anymore. Yeah. And now they're going hostless again. Which I do feel bad for the guy. You know, uh, he kind of refused to apologize. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, but what, what was dumb? What was dumb about the whole? I do feel kind of bad for him because the only thing he ever wanted was to host the Oscars. He said this in interviews. But if you do something dumb and insensitive and ignorant on and ref- Twitter, refuse to apologize. Refuse to apologize. Get booted from the Oscars and then apologize. It's like, dude. Why didn't you apologize yeah. three days ago? You'd still be doing the thing you've wanted to do since you were a kid. True. So I think that uh, was handled poorly. I'm just saying it's more memorable how many people have hosted the Oscars right. and what they've done. David Letterman. Yeah. Uma uh, Oprah. Yeah. There are I, – because everybody watches the Oscars. The Tonys get – the Tonys get around six to eight million viewers. The Oscars last year got 36 million people domestically. Yes. Yeah. And people watch all over the world. There are iconic moments. I remember one of my favorites being Tom Hanks' speech from Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. led to the movie In and Out yes. getting made. That's right. like an Oscar speech turned into a movie. That's crazy. I remember Joe Pesci's. It's my privilege. Thanks. That was his entire speech. Yes, that's right. One of the shortest, not the shortest, but one, one of, of the them. shortest, you know, rivaling Merritt Weaver's Emmy acceptance speech, which was thanks. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> who is wonderful i love her dearly yes but yeah the i mean the oscar it's the oscars everybody knows that it's filled with these iconic moments it means something even the screw-ups are iconic when they said that la la land had won and in actuality moonlight had won thanks to faye dunaway and warren Beatty. yes and we got to see busy who was on the front row yeah in that iconic photograph of all of the actors Yes. Which I thought was great because now you can see what actual movie stars, their very real life surprised face looks like. Yes. So yeah, it's the juggernaut. It's been around the longest since Wings won in 28, 29. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love going down and seeing it. Like it's, it's iconically Hollywood. It's, it's the huge, it's the big show. It's the Super Bowl of entertainment. It's the one to beat. Let's talk about the downsides. Everybody knows what the upsides of the Oscars are. Let's talk about the downside. It's so long. It's so long and frequently looks like not very fun, forced fun. You know, I, and I got to say, I've rarely enjoyed the musical numbers. Really? I thought Blame Canada with Robin Williams was amazing. It was good. I think that, yeah, there've always been, I thought, I thought there've always been pretty great musical numbers at the Oscars. They're okay. 
<laughs> I'll say this. Yeah. They're nothing compared to the Tonys. That is true. But, you know. And the Grammys. And the Grammys. So, yeah, that's one thing. The The musical numbers may not be the greatest. It's maybe the most frustrating. Maybe because you're, and this could be a positive, too, you're so invested in the awards that it gets really annoying when the wrong movie wins Best Picture. Sure. What do you think was the most egregious version of that? Titanic. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. I like I, Titanic. What was it up against? I'm going to tell you. Uh, it was, I think that year, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do it from memory. LA Confidential is the movie that should have won. Okay. Then you have, uh, as good as it gets, The Full uh-huh. Monty and Goodwill Hunting were the other nominees. Yeah, any four of, of those movies, movie, any of those four movies was better than Titanic as a story being told. Now, in terms of spectacle, mm-hmm. then that is number one. But in terms of everything else, I've said this before. I'm sure I've said it here that that is a love story that is so super basic. There's nothing new about it. Could have taken place <laughs> anywhere. And because of that, like the Titanic adds nothing to that story. Yeah. Except that stakes story, at the end. Third act well, stakes. Yes. But even, even then, not really. Well, the, not it, the, I don't know if that's true. It adds artistically, it adds a whole for not just thinking about from the, you know, story actors writer director point of view from the design point of view that movie was an absolute feat absolutely from a storytelling point of view it was not well the best titanic movie is a night to remember that's funny oh (laughs) wait (laughs) i'm not for some reason when you said a night to remember my brain heard night at the museum yeah oh yeah not a titanic movie and i thought i laughed i laughed thinking there's a titanic scene at night at the museum (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, and I to remember the, the classic from the 40s, right? From 1954. I think. 54. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But that's James Cameron. Like, he makes, like, intricately detailed spectacles with the same plot as Ferngully. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or Dances with Wolves. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't make Dances with Wolves. No, but he made the, but it's the same plot. Avatar's the same plot as Dances with Wolves. It's Dances with Wolves meets Ferngully. Right. You don't I didn't think like that, that you, movie either. You don't think that the biggest, uh, the biggest best picture was the English Patient? No, Forrest Gump. It was up against some, um, that was the year of Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction. I mean, Green Book was also pretty bad. Yeah. I like Green Book is a dad movie. Yeah. And I, I, it's fine. It, like I looked at it as like, this is a fairy tale. Yeah. That is in no way accurate. And I enjoyed it on that level. I didn't think it was a best picture winner. I also like the last two, Green Book and The Shape of Water. I didn't like either of those as a best picture winner. How about those three from Mexico though? Holy cow. They're, they're doing what, uh, Coppola and Spielberg and Lucas did back in the day. Oh, Inaritu and Del, and Inaritu, uh, Del uh, Cuaron and Benicio yeah. del Toro. Not Benicio del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. The three of them, they're just gobbling up every award every year. They're great filmmakers. They're they're great filmmakers. Absolutely. I mean, and look, I, I'm going to stop us right here because this is one of the things that the Oscars does so beautifully mm-hmm. is it gets people talking about things. Like we remember snubs that we didn't like or, you know, movies that we think should have won or yeah. uh, trends in filmmaking. Like you can talk about movies in general by talking about the Oscars. Yes. Um. Which I think, which I guess goes for all of these, but and maybe the most famous moment of any award show, like famous quotes, like mm-hmm. "You really like me," yeah, 
or, uh, you know, Brando not accepting and sending up a Native American woman to decline his award on his behalf. Like, yep. there's a lot of iconic Oscar moments. But again, that leads the me back to who ran behind well, David Niven. Yes. Yeah. There's so many of these amazing moments. But again, we got to talk about are there what's the downsides? It's too long. Uh, it's frequently stilted. Yeah. I don't I can't think of any others. Yeah. Uh, by the way, what he said was, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was almost bound to happen. Oh, I thought he said something more snarky than that. Nope. What he should have said was, I saw pee pee. <laughs> but aside from all of those iconic moments that the Oscars are going to have through the years. Yes. As a show, that's what we're focused on as a broadcast. Uh huh. I don't know if it beats our final one that we have to talk about. And that is the Antoinette Perry Awards, the Tony Awards given uh, by the American Theater Wing and the Broadway League. Okay. Here is why I love the Tonys. Okay. I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. You did. I did not have that many opportunities to see Broadway shows. You were a hillbilly. I was a hillbilly. <laughs> um, shut up. <laughs> still am, Hal. Still am. That's true. So for me, the Tonys was Broadway for me. Right. With the Oscars, you can watch the movies. The Tonys are like the, the, the Broadway performances that have moved me. I mean, aside from going to see them now more as an adult, I've had a lot more opportunity to go see them. But as a kid, the Broadway performances that moved me were not what I saw in a theater. It was what I saw on television in the Tony Awards. That for me is destination television. I know it's got a much lower number than the Oscars does, but it is the, it's the most important to me as a theater kid. That was my only opportunity to see, you know, the cast of American idiot crawl up onto this big scaffolding, use it as a bus and do one of the craziest pieces of choreography I've ever seen or to hear Jesse Mueller sing from waitress a couple of years ago or to see Andrew Rannell's incredible performance uh, at the Tony Awards of I believe of I believe Mormon. Yeah. And the Tony Awards are responsible for what I think is the single greatest production number in the history of award shows. Hello, Dolly. No, not hello, Dolly. <laughs> goodbye, Dolly. This would be yes. Goodbye, Dolly. This would be the 2011, I think, Tony's maybe 2012 uh -huh. with uh, with Neil Patrick Harris hosting. The opening number, a song called Bigger. By the way, they always write a new opening number for the Tony Awards, which I love, which they used to do for the Oscars when it was Billy Crystal. He would do his mashup of all the different movies. But it was, uh, it go online and watch. It is, it's called, uh, Bigger. It's Neil Patrick Harris. The rap in the middle was written by, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. It features every not every character, but at least some character from every single show on Broadway in this giant, monstrous opening number that took up the entirety, aisles and all, of Radio City Music Hall. That moment alone edges me toward thinking that the Tony Awards are the best award show. If not the, the reason I gave before of, for most theater kids, and I say theater kids, that is age zero to a hundred, uh, for most theater kids, it's their only way to see a lot of this. And they know that. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it's a very impassioned argument. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a but coming or a however, if you're going to be it's fancy. Coming, it's coming from what's important to you, mm -hmm. which is great. 
I just remembered now that CBS is the channel that airs the Tonys every year. Yes, my boss. I've easy. The last time I watched easy. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. uh, The last time I watched. Uh huh. Look, they're very nice network that has a show that should be hiring more people from this podcast to be on its programs. Agreed. The last time I watched was when Hamilton was up for it because Hamilton. Mm was one of the rare shows whose because of the I think because of the soundtrack being released on NPR mm-hmm. partially like it just got out there and exploded so even people who had never seen the show were into it and invested and wanted to to see how it did yeah outside of that I could not tell you I just I'm not as familiar with it and that's not to say it's bad or it's less important, but there is something to, to just say, I know fewer people watch it, but it was important to me because it helped me become a theater kid. And that is great. The fact that you had that experience with it is awesome. And I know that you're not alone at all. Yeah. The Oscars is watched around the world by people yeah. around the world. They have parties where you bet on who's going to win what. And I know that's probably yeah. true with everything and Tony parties as well. People are weighing it. You know, you and I probably know more people who hold Tony parties than most mm-hmm. because we're, we are performers. And I would bet, I would even argue that for the people in our group that a lot of them watch the Tonys. Yeah. Because they are sensitive and smart and artistically inclined. Uh, Yeah. But I don't think it's bigger. I, I don't I think know, it's better than I know. the Oscars. Look, I'm I'm here to give. I knew from the get go. I think we <laughs> we knew that it was. We know who the winner is. I think we've known from the beginning. Yeah. Who the winner of this is going to be. But I just wanted to make sure that I give as much of a shout out to the Tonys as I can because I think it is a beautifully executed show. I think that aside from the amazing performances, that most people won't like. You can't see Hades Town unless you go to New York and spend a couple hundred bucks. Yes. But you can watch Reeve Carney crush Wait For Me on the Tony Awards. And then you go and you buy the album and you listen and you hear the story and you you have the experience in as much as you can. And there's always – there's a thing that happens at the Tonys that happens frequently at the Oscars too. The thing that happens at the Tonys that I love is there's always at least one total unknown who broke out that year and – is having their moment. Right. And that is always a miracle to see. And it's always fun. And it's always exciting to see someone who is just a, you know, working their grind in New York, doing a play or a musical. And they win a Tony award on national television and make a speech. And it's an, it's an important, huge thing. And I don't want to discount that, that it, not uh, at all. It frequently they I mean, it has been accused recently of, you know, leaning more towards stars because they need to make money in the theaters and for people to watch it and for people to watch it. But it is amazing to always see that there's at least one person that most of America had never heard of before that night come out and shine. And I well, I think that's that's great. Let's consider it shouted out <laughs> and given it's due. OK, but we both know. The answer. We both know the answer. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to show some Tony respect. They have been respected. <laughs> People of the world. There are so many award shows this year. So many of them. All the time. It seems like they're adding new ones. But the best of them all is 
the Oscars, the grandparent of them all. And I just want to take a moment to thank all the people out there who suggest. No, I'm not. I, I want to thank. I want to thank our producer, Ken Plume. I want to thank our researcher, Kate McManus. I want to thank our graphic designer, Uri Kelvin, and QA engineer, Jen Alba. Can I get in there? I wanna, Can I get in there? Can yeah, I get yeah, in go there? ahead. Real quick. Real quick. Uh, real quick. I want to I thank our musicians, uh, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Um, and I want to thank you, uh, our, our listeners, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to uh, to do this. Uh, and to, I'm, I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, we, we don't do this we alone. We, uh, we, we don't do we, this alone. We know you have more topics, and we want to hear them from you. Please just tell them where the topics should be sent. Uh, uh, re- reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit, or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. We will not be silenced. We will not be ignored. That's we right. We have chosen the best award show. That's right. This topic is closed, asked, and answered. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.